Welcome to the Big Idea to Bestseller podcast, where we are turning your dream of writing a book into your reality. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a best-selling book from the most elite professionals and entrepreneurs from around the world. I'm your host, Jake Kelfer, three-time best-selling author and founder of Big Idea to Bestseller, and I'm here to reveal the secrets of what it really takes to write an incredible book, to grow your business, become the go-to expert, and to change the world. Now, whether you want more credibility, you want to book more speaking engagements, or you simply want to share a powerful message, this podcast was made for you. Let's go! Welcome back to the Big Idea to Bestseller podcast. Let's go! I'm here today with somebody that I think you're really going to enjoy. And this episode is going to be all about editing a book. What are the mistakes? What is the process? How do you find the right editor? All of these good things. And this is with somebody who I'm very excited to announce her in just a second, Carly Cat. But Carly is the editor of my third book, The Elevated Entrepreneur. We actually connected on that book and she just delivered an unbelievable finished product for me. I mean, I I couldn't have been happier with the final result. And now Carly is is an editor that we recommend to everyone in the Big Idea to Bestseller program. And, you know, we're bringing her on because you're going to get a chance to learn exactly about her. So let me tell you a little bit more about who Carly is. Carly is a professional editor and proofreader for nonfiction books. She lives in Arizona and has her bachelor degree in psychology, and she is a member of ACES, the Society for Editing. Now, her main goal is to help make authors writing better while also letting their unique author voice shine through. Carly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So, you know, I I love how your bio ends. All right, this is where we're going to start today (laughs) is your whole goal here is making author's writing look better (laughs) while at the same time keeping their voice so it doesn't change what the author's writing. Yes. This right there sums up everything that I could have hoped for in this entire episode. (laughs) Perfect. Every author that I work with, they get so, so, so nervous to send their book to an editor because they're like, well, the editor's going to change it. Exactly. What if if they, I'm not good at editing. I'm not good at getting this ready. And I'm like, well, that's what the editor's for. And a great editor not only takes your first draft, your self-edited draft, and makes it like legit, but you also make it legit without changing what the actual meaning of the book is. So let's take it back. How did you decide to become a professional editor for nonfiction books? Yeah, that is a good question. So um, COVID, basically, like like many people's answers for how do they get into these things they're doing now, COVID. Um, but really, I had just graduated um, from the University of Arizona with my bachelor's degree, and I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And then um, a year passed, and I was just doing something um, still at the university for my husband so that we could stay there. And then COVID hit, and I lost my job. And I was like, well, all right, starting over. <laughs> now what do I do? Um, I should probably figure this out, figure out what I really, really want to do um, for a career, because I bounced around a lot. And um since I was a kid, actually, my dad had been, he's a lawyer, he's an attorney, and he would send me documents to edit. Uh, like in middle school, high school, I was just, uh, I went to all the spelling bees and everything. So I've been kind of good at those things forever. And so he would send me documents to to look over to proofread, basically, is what I would do. Um, and I hadn't done that very much in high school. He didn't have a lot for me to do. And I kind of forgot about it. And then he sent me another one during COVID when I was just doing nothing, sitting on the couch, doing craft number like 84 and 
he sent it to me and I started editing it and I was like, this is actually really cool. And this is people's jobs. I could actually do this. And so I explored that I actually did a Google search and I said how to be an editor. <laughs> and that was kind of that. Uh, and I just jumped in with both feet and said, that's what I wanted to do. I like doing it. Um, I always thought it would be a good idea for me to start a business on my own. Um, and I was like, this is, this is it. I think this is what I was looking for. And so and now I'm here. <laughs> I, I love that story because that's really similar in a, in a way to how I became a speaker. So, so I had okay. my first book and then someone said, Hey, you know, you can be a speaker. And I'm like, yeah, but you have to have, you have to be like successful and you have to do all these things and then you can just give back. And they're like, no, you, you can get paid to speak. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what are you even talking about? So I started learning like, how do I become a speaker? And a few months later, I had my first paid speaking gig and the rest is history. And yeah. so I love that you were just kind of like, look, I like this. I know this exists. I'm going to go figure it out. And one of the things that I think is really cool about the way that you do this is you haven't been doing this for 20 years, like some people in the business, but what right. you have done is you have spent so much time and effort learning how to be better every single day. And that's something that I look for when, whenever I hire someone or whenever I really want to, to work with someone is I'm like, are you willing to get better? Mm -hmm. Because you may not have the perfect skill set today, but it might be good enough for what you need. But can you right. get better? And are you continuing to improve? And that is exactly what you do. And so it's really awesome to, to see how that past kind of evolved. And now you're crushing it as an editor, as a proofreader for, for nonfiction books. And so let's talk about the process of, of editing. All of the authors that, that I work with, they're self-publishing their book. We help them, we guide them, we coach them, we, we get them to the point where they need their book edited and then we, we, we encourage them to invest in a great editor like yourself. What is that process for you when you work with an author? How does that work? Yeah, um, so, Let's see. It kind of depends, but um, there's so there's a few types of editing. Um, so I'll go through those first. Uh, you want to start with developmental editing. There are three kinds. That's the first kind. Uh, if you skip developmental editing and do something else, you don't want to come back to developmental editing. So if you're going to do it, do it first. So um, that's quick, really real quick. Let me jump in here. Can you describe what developmental editing is so yes. that we can kind of help everyone understand like what they're actually going to need? So so that first type of editing which would come first in your process. What is developmental editing? Yeah, developmental editing is really just looking at the overall book, the structure of it, the organization, the logic, how it flows, making sure um, the audience is clear and spoken to, and the, the goal is met, the tone, the word choice, all the concepts are explained well enough. Um, for example, if you're writing about finances, you're gonna write very differently if you're writing to financial advisors versus people in their 20s who are trying to figure out their finances. And it's the same topic, but you're gonna speak so differently about it. So that's where audience comes in. That's where the goal comes in, um, making sure that you're explaining concepts so that they can understand them. Um, the structure of the book, the writing techniques are um, good and effective. That's basically what developmental editing is. Perfect, so, so now, now that we know that, let's keep going with, with this process of the different types of editing. Yes, yeah, so then after that, you can move on to line and copy editing. Some editors combine these and some don't, um, but I'll, I'll just break them up for you to understand a little bit easier. Line is next. That one's going to be about the wording, basically. How are you explaining the concepts? Um, is the sentence length, flow, and rhythm good? Is the word choice good? Is it clear? 
um, talking about point of view, perspective, tense, mood, voice, tone, making sure that there's no plagiarism, more about the writing techniques, using show, not tell, that kind of thing. Uh, making sure that it's just, it's worded well and it makes sense. It's about, does it make sense? <laughs> and then after that, you're going to want to move on to copy editing. And that's like the very nitty gritty. That's going to be punctuation, capitalization, typos, um, agreement, parallelism, formatting errors, things like that. That's going to be, so as you, you start looking at the entire book and then you zoom in and you start looking at chapters and paragraphs, and then you zoom in and start looking at sentences and words. So if you did copy editing first, and got all those all those commas where they need to be, all the spelling and everything is correct. And then you do developmental editing after, and they say, oh, actually, we should combine these chapters. And this one can probably go and rewrite a little bit of this one. That's going to mess up everything you did with copy editing because you're going to have to reword all of those things. And now your punctuation isn't correct anymore because you had to redo it. So that's why you have to do it in order. Um, if you do decide to skip the first one, that's fine. Or if you skip copy editing, whatever, that's fine. It's just don't backtrack. Um, because that's that's a waste of time and money for you and the editor. So those are the types of editing. Um, the process is that one also depends. <laughs> um, so some some editors are able to do multiple. Uh, like I said, some people combine line and copy editing. I do that sometimes depending on on the person. Um, some editors also do developmental editing. They can do like a package. I can do that. So I can do all types of editing for your one book. Uh, that makes it a little bit easier, but basically you want to contact the editor or start scoping people out a little bit at least two months before you're ready. Um, and they may ask for a sample, in which case you can say, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. Um, I'm still writing or I'm still working on it, whatever. This is what I do have and you can let them know. Um, and that's totally fine. But if you wait until you're ready and you say, okay, I'm ready to send it to an editor today before you even contact anybody, they likely won't have any availability and you're going to have to wait a little while. So that would be mistake number one. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, I guess number two, if number one is doing them out of order. But um, yes. And so then everybody's process is a little bit different for editing. But the way I like to do it is I like to have a collaborative kind of experience. If that's what you're looking for, I actually do have an opportunity to do something quicker, something less collaborative, less guidance. If you're kind of a DIY, just want to get it done, you're on the, your last leg, whatever that kind of thing. You can do that. I'll just edit the whole thing, send it back to you, done. If you have emails, you can ask me, but that's kind of it. That's not very common though. Normally I do, um, I think this is what I did with you, Jake. I don't really remember actually, but normally um, you send the whole thing to me. I edit it all. I send it back to you and then you're able to review it and you can answer any of my questions, ask any questions you have, reject, accept any changes. Um, if you want to rewrite an entire thing, especially for developmental editing, this is when you rearrange the book, if that's what you're going to do. Or combine chapters, um, split chapters, make new chapters, whatever you're going to do, you can do whatever you want. And then you send it back to me and I'm able to review whatever you did. And I can make comments on those, answer your questions, that kind of thing. Um, and different options, let us go back and forth a few times if you want. So it's, it's customizable. I, and I really enjoy that. And, and I encourage all of the authors that, that go through our program and, and really any author out there, if, if you can, I find an editor that's willing to be collaborative, that's someone that's, that's excited about your project, that wants to help you make this book so exciting. Because for a lot of people, a book is, is a dream, right? And when we have the chance to help somebody's dream come true, you know, we might as well go all in on this, right? Right, yeah. 
when you can have an editor that's collaborative, and, and this is why I thought you did such a great job with my book, is, is we created a collaborative experience. And mm -hmm. I sent you my book, you sent it back to me, I reviewed it, I asked questions, and then I had another chance to go through it. And that, that made the book better. It made me feel more confident in the book as well, which mm -hmm. is where I think a lot of authors struggle when it comes to editing. So yeah. let me ask you this here. What does, what does an author need to send you when they start the editing process? So what do you actually ask for from the author? Is there a format that you like better? Is there, uh, do you want each chapter in its own word doc? Or what, what do you want the author to send you as an editor so that you could get started working on a project? That is a good question. Um, I actually have a blog post about it. I'm trying to pull it up just to make sure I don't miss anything. But um, I like for, and I, I think most editors like if it's all in one document, that makes it a lot easier. If it's all in one document, Word is probably best. Google Docs, some people will accept that, but Word is definitely the best. Um, for most people, definitely for me as well, I have some automations and macros and things that I use to, to make my job a little bit easier so I can focus on more of the wording and less about, is this period correct? Is this comma correct? Um, so the other things that we're gonna need is, your word count, that is one of the biggest factors in how long is this gonna take and how much it's gonna cost. Um, I have clients or potential clients email me all the time just say, hey, how much would it cost to e edit my book? And I'm like, I have no idea. What's your book? <laughs> how long is your book? What's the genre of your book? What do you need? Um, so all of that, as well as, so then what do you need? If you know the types of editing, what kind of editing do you need? Or if you don't know and you're just like, well, I. I think um, the structure is good. I just, I don't know if it's worded correctly. And that would be perfectly fine. That's enough information for me to go on. I normally ask for a sample, excuse me, um, a sample as well. So that would help me get a feel for it. Um, if you say, no, I, I just really need help with punctuation. Just copy editing is fine. And then you send me a sample and I might end up saying, actually, I think it might be a good idea for fine editing or developmental editing to start with and we can move to copy editing. Um, so a sample is really good. Uh, for that kind of thing, evaluating what kind of editing you might need. Um, I think that's probably it. If there's other questions that the editor has, they can ask you, but the, the word count is a really big one. The genre that you have is a big one. What kind of editing you need is a big one. Um, if your deadline is really tight, if your budget is really tight, it's good to just get that out up front um, just in case so you don't waste time. If, if I don't have any availability that week, I can just say, sorry, here's somebody else who can help you. Um, and we save time, but yeah. Those are, those are all great things to, to note for an author so that they can be more prepared when they come into that phase because just as much as you want to make it a collaborative effort for their experience, it's really great when an author can come prepared to help you with that experience because maybe that will, you know, when you look at the pricing, maybe you'll round down instead of round up because you think they're going to be someone easy to work with. Maybe it's going to, to create a better relationship and, and there's going to create more mutual investment into that experience together. And so it's really important important that for everyone that's listening, if, if you're writing your book or you're thinking about writing your book, when you get to the editing phase, listen to what Carly's saying. See if you can do that prep work so that when you get in front of her, you can just very quickly, hey, here's a sample. Here's the Google or here's the Word document of my book. Or if somebody wants Google Doc, here's a Google Doc. Honestly, pro tip, you should have both prepared on your computer. One that's Word Doc and then one that's Google Doc so you never lose it. But if you have these things, 
knowing your budget, knowing kind of what you're thinking, this will really help that process go smoother and also quicker, which ultimately for you as the author is what's going to make the most sense because you want to get your book out. And the key here that, that I'm hearing over and over again is we want to reduce friction for that working experience. And the way that we reduce friction when working with you and you working with authors is we have to be very clear. We have to be clear. What type of editing are we looking for? What are examples of other books that are maybe in our space that we are kind of comparing our book to, right? Mm -hmm. What is our turnaround time frame? Different editors are going to have different turnaround times, right? Depending on their availability, depending on when they work, depending on if they do it full time or part time, all these things come into play here. And so what I'd love to do next here, Carly, is, you know, one of the biggest things that I see authors struggle with is releasing their book to somebody else. So oftentimes yeah. in the process, they have written it, they've rewritten it, they've self-edited it. For, for some people, they've spent years trying to get this rough draft done and they finally get to this point and then they get stalled. They get stalled because they're scared that if I give it to an editor, now I'm going to be judged. Mm -hmm. Is your job as an editor, are you going to try to judge their work or is your job as an editor to help them make it the best possible work for them? Because everyone's nervous about, oh my gosh, I'm giving this to you. This is the first time someone's ever read my writing, maybe in my entire life outside mm -hmm. of my fifth grade essays. And, and how do we, how do we ease that, that, that tension or that nerve for, for an author who's at this point so that they can keep moving forward in the process? Yeah, uh, that is a very big struggle that a lot of a lot of authors have. I think um, something that could help maybe uh, this doesn't have to do with editors at all. But if you want to have other people read it, like friends and family, people that are close to you, they might not give you constructive criticism, but at least that releases the okay, someone's read it now. Um, so you could do that first. That might help a little bit. When sending it to an editor, though, normally they're a stranger, so that is kind of scary. And what if they're mean? Um, so that's when I would ask for a sample edit if you can. And you can kind of get a feel for their, um, the way that they write comments and the way that they talk to you um, and give you criticism and things like that, the way that they suggest different things. Because if they're going to be rude about it, or even if they're not rude, but if they're just going to use language that you don't understand, like maybe you don't know what a dangling participle is. And if they use that, that's not helpful to you. So that wouldn't be the right editor for you. Or you can say, I don't know what that means. Hopefully they can correct that. But um, you can normally get kind of a feel for their editing style if they just change things or if they explain every single thing the way or why they did things, um, the way that they ask questions, the way they give suggestions, that kind of thing could be really helpful in finding out if you're if that's the right editor before you even hire them, before you even hand over the whole thing, you can do that and get a feel for it. Um, another thing is probably you just you. You're sending it to an editor. You have to be prepared that they're going to want to change something. That's the point of it. If they say, no, this is amazing. You did so great. That was a waste of your money. You don't want that. So I think mentally you have to be prepared that they're going to say something that you might not agree with. And that's okay. And that's when you should open up communication. That's when you can say, I don't, I don't agree with this. Or why did you do that? I wanted it this way. And then I normally try to leave a comment if I feel like something might come up where the, the author might disagree with my suggestion. I try to leave a comment and say, um, I made this suggestion because blah, blah, blah. If you don't like it, here's another option. Um, but I suggest not doing it the way it was because it's confusing in this way. 
and here's how you can adjust it if you'd like. Uh, feel free to rewrite, whatever, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that hopefully eases some tension and that's a way that I try to keep the author's voice as well because I don't, I mean, I know your voice, but I don't really know what you're going to say. I can't write for you. And so if something is problematic and I want to change it because it's not really making sense or it's suggesting something else, I can't write it in your voice. So I normally give a suggestion and say, this is one way to fix it. However, feel free to do whatever you want to do. Um, and that's when, that's the kind of thing you would do in the review process. And when you send it back to me to check it again, then I can say, yep, that's great. Or actually this, now that you changed it, uh, it needs a comma here or whatever, that kind of thing. I love how you just broke down like what people, what, what we can do before and then what we can do during working with each other. And I think that it's so important here. And while I don't think we should be giving our book to friends and family to edit or to give us their thoughts necessarily, no. because no. they're not your ideal reader, they're not professionals, but to just do that for the sake of, hey, someone else has read it, that can mm -hmm. be really good to relieve it. But again, you're giving them just to read it and for you to feel good that someone else is reading it. You're not giving it to them to edit because that's not what they do, right? And, and I know that's yeah. what So I wanted to just address that for everyone is don't think you're getting an easy way out here and going friends and family route. That's not the avenue to go. Right. And then we were talking about, okay, well, the sample. The sample, and the more importantly than the sample though, is the communication style and the vibe you get with that person before hiring them. So mm -hmm. I love how you said that because if I'm an author and I want to work with an editor, I know I'm being vulnerable by sharing that. Well, yeah. the best way for me to feel less vulnerable or to feel that my vulnerability won't be seen as, as a weakness or, or being taken advantage of is mm -hmm. to see, well, how does this person communicate with me? Are they doing it in their way that I, I don't relate to? Do they use big fancy editing words that I have no idea of? But it makes right, yeah with me and they, and they share their thoughts and their ideas. And, and I feel that that builds that trust. And so when you're an author and you're looking for an editor, look for editors that do what Carly does, right? Like see, do you vibe with their style of how they communicate with you? Do you like their energy? Do they ask questions about you and your book? This will help you feel more confident to releasing it to them. And then to bring that part full circle is, and then when you're actually working on it, does the editor give you options? Do they show you why, right? Because it's important for us, if we don't know why a change is being made and it's not something like just changing like of to, to the or, or a to an, right? It, but if it's something deeper, it's really important that we understand why because as Carly said, it's about keeping your unique voice. An editor's mm -hmm. job is not to change your entire book. An editor's job is to help make your book more legit. Yeah, help you make your book more legit. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you for that. And so, so as we come full circle here for this entire show here, Carly, I think we've talked about a lot of things, the different types of editing, the process, what we should look for in an editor, the mistakes authors make. I mean, we've covered a good amount of stuff. Is there anything that as we wrap up that you would like to leave to any future authors out there or any authors out there right now? Is there any piece of advice or any tip that you would want to give them as they continue their writing experience and journey? Um, everyone starts at the beginning. Even the people who have a million books, they wrote their first book one time and they didn't know what they were doing that time. And so it's okay to not know what you're doing and it's okay to ask questions and to ask other people. And I get a lot of people who email me and they say, hey, I need editing, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. I just finished writing my draft and I don't know what to do. Can you help? And that's okay. That's way better than saying, 
I need this kind of editing and I'm just guessing, but I'm going to tell you this is what I need. And then moving on from there, it's better to just, just be vulnerable, ask questions. It's okay. Ask other people. Um, editors should be receptive to it. Uh, I have, I have a lot of blog posts actually that I refer people to that explain these kinds of things. What do I do after I finish? What do I do now? How do I hire an editor? What do I put in an inquiry to an editor? What are the types of editors? All of that. Um, just to be helpful because I know that everybody, everybody starts somewhere. Nobody knows what they're doing the first time. <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> You're not just born knowing what to do. You have to figure it out. Absolutely. That's, that's a great way to finish today. So how do we, how do we read your blog post? How do we connect with you? Um, can you tell us where people can go find you and uh, build that relationship? Yeah. So my website is catediting.com. Cat is C-A-T-T and then editing.com. That's my website. That's also my Instagram handle and my Facebook page. Um, and then my blog is on my website, but it's catediting.com slash resource hub. It started as a resource hub and now it's a blog. So <laughs> yeah, but you can find that on my website as well. Awesome. Well, Carly, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. And for everybody that's listening um, up to this point is go check out Carly's stuff. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Sometimes reading this and, and learning from someone like Carly before you're ready can really help you get excited about this process rather than nervous about this process. And that's what we're doing on this show is how do we bring on some amazing people to share their insight to help make you believe that your dream of writing a book can become your reality and can become your reality faster than you ever thought possible. So thank you for tuning in to an amazing episode. I appreciate your time, your energy, and your attention, and I will see you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Big Idea to Bestseller podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, if you're ready to get started writing your dream book to grow your business, go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram at Jake Kelfer, and we'll set up a time to chat. And if you really like what you heard today, it would mean the absolute world to me if you took 30 seconds to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with your friends. Together, we are changing the game one book at a time. I'll see you on the next one. Let's go!